Hello, and welcome to the How Life Works podcast, the podcast that helps introductory biology students better understand some of the toughest topics in the course. These podcasts are written and delivered by the authors of Biology How Life Works and are sponsored by Macmillan Learning. Learn more at macmillanlearning.com. My name is Dan Hartle, and I'm an author on How Life Works. Today, I want to talk about genetic testing. If you're aware of what's been happening in genetics, you know that current technology allows you to access the most intimate secrets of your own genome. To obtain this information, you go to a local drugstore or go online and buy a kit. And in the kit, you'll find a sterile tube. You spit in it, seal it, and send it off. In a few weeks, you will be given access to a website where you can review your genetic report online. The cost is a little more than a meal in an upscale restaurant. Is it worth the price? That depends on what you want to know. It also depends on what risks you're willing to take. Having your genome profile does involve risks, and they can be serious. We'll get to these in a few minutes, but let's start with what you might want to learn. Do you want to know about your ancestry and family origins, to identify your relatives, to find out how much of your genome derives from Neanderthals or Denisovans? Two types of ancestry tests are highly informative but narrow in scope. One test examines the DNA and mitochondria, which are present in the cytoplasm and pass through mothers to all their children. The other examines DNA and the Y chromosome, which is transmitted from fathers to sons. The tests are highly informative because the DNA and the mitochondria and the Y chromosome is replicated and passed on as an intact unit. DNA and the other chromosomes undergoes a process called recombination that interchanges parts of the maternal and paternal DNA and renders each sperm or egg distinct. Modern humans and their ancestors populated the Earth through several migrations out of Africa. The most recent and successful migration took place about 100,000 years ago. As people moved and settled in various places around the world, mutations in their genes occurred. Mutations are cumulative because they are replicated, and as pre-existing mutations are replicated, new ones also occur. Each population therefore comes to have a different combination of mutations. Most of these are shared with other populations, while some are unique. Because the DNA molecules in mitochondria and the Y chromosome do not undergo recombination, their accumulated mutations remain together. The likely origin of mitochondrial DNA, or the Y chromosome, can therefore be deduced by identifying which populations around the world yield the closest matches. For genes and other chromosomes, the issue of origin is not so straightforward because recombination reshuffles the maternal and paternal contributions and therefore scrambles their ancestral histories. For these chromosomes, one has to infer ancestry by examining so-called single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs, which are sites in the DNA at which some chromosomes have one base pair, for example, A paired with T, and others have an alternative base pair, say, G paired with C. The inference of ancestry comes from asking SNP by SNP in which populations the particular SNP in your genome is the most frequent. 
A genealogy report is therefore likely to be along the lines of 25% African, 20% Asian, 50% European, and 5% unknown. Such reports can be somewhat misleading because they rely on databases of present-day populations without emphasizing that human populations are migrating around the globe and displacing or intermixing with other populations ever since the earliest migrations out of Africa. There is no such thing as a pure human population. For thousands of years, people have been immigrating as refugees from famine, drought, pestilence, or the ravages of war. Or they have been immigrating as raiders, traitors, colonizers, or conquerors. For example, the genomes of modern Europeans are an admixture of at least three earlier populations, including early Western European hunter-gatherers, early European farmers from the Near East, and ancient North Eurasians from the Caucasus in Central Europe. The population history of Africa is also complex, with evidence for admixture among various populations of hunter-gatherers. Or if you're not so interested in your ancestry, you may be interested in your descendants. In this case, you can be tested for mutant genes associated with rare genetic diseases that may be present in your genome. Such rare diseases affect one person in a thousand, and usually far fewer. They include such conditions as cystic fibrosis, sickle cell anemia, phenylketonuria, and hundreds of others. While affected individuals are rare because they inherit two copies of a mutant gene, carriers that inherit only one copy are not affected and are much more numerous. To take just one example, phenylketonuria affects about 1 in 10,000 newborns but about 1 in 50 is a carrier. In this case, only 1% of the mutant genes are present in affected individuals. 99% are present in carriers. Genetic testing can identify which mutant genes you carry that you can transmit to half your children. Or perhaps your main interest in genetic testing is about yourself and the genetic variants you carry that may impact your own health and wellness. Are you particularly interested in genes that increase your risk of conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure? You might be, especially if you have close relatives with these conditions. Not all genetic variants are harmful. Some actually reduce the likelihood of disease. You might want to know about these, too. A report about genetic factors that may affect your own health and risk of disease will include any single nucleotide polymorphisms you carry that have in one study or another, shown some significant association with disease. SNPs that significantly increase risk are relatively rare in most population groups. The main problem with genetic health reports is in their interpretation. You may choose to pay extra for professional help in understanding the implications of your report. This option significantly increases the cost and has risks of its own because such third-party services are subject to little regulation. Interpreting test results on your own is likely to challenge your understanding of genetics. The trickiest findings to interpret are risk factors for common diseases, which are those with a prevalence of about 1% or greater in the general population. These include such familiar conditions as asthma, epilepsy, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, schizophrenia, autism spectrum disorder, and bipolar disorder. Almost everyone has one or more relatives affected with a common disease. In regard to interpreting your genetic report, 
One serious mistake is to assume that genetics is destiny. This error is widespread, even among professionals. No less a figure than James Watson, co-discoverer of DNA, has stated, in quote, in large measure, our fate are, is in our genes. This is just wrong, and it's wrong for a number of reasons. First, most common traits are affected by hundreds of factors, each with a relatively small effect. Any one individual may carry just a small number of these factors. If a common trait affects 10 people in a 1,000, and you have a factor that increases your risk by 10%, your actual risk is 11 per 1,000. Second, the effects of genetic risk factors are cumulative. The greater your number of risk factors, the greater your risk. But because most risk factors have small effects, the cumulative risk is not huge. Only 8% of individuals have a, high, a threefold higher risk for heart disease, and only 3.5% have a threefold higher risk of type 2 diabetes. Third, the effect of any risk factor may depend on the likelihood of their occurring in the presence of other genetic variants. This implies that the effects of a risk factor may depend on your particular ethnic group, which is especially true if the disease association is based on studies of a different ethnic group. For example, people of African or Amerindian heritage tend to be underrepresented in studies of genetic risk factors. Fourth, and most importantly, lifestyle matters. Common traits are affected by genes acting together with the environment. Typically, about half of the variation in risk among individuals is due to genetic differences among individuals and half due to their lifestyle choices. In many cases, key lifestyle choices include regular exercise, weight control, eating a healthy diet, and avoiding smoking or excessive alcohol. For heart disease, for example, large-scale studies have shown that a healthy lifestyle can completely offset any genetic risks. Whatever your genetic test may reveal, an increased genetic risk does not mean you will get the disease, nor does the absence of genetic risk mean that you are in the clear. Cancer must be considered separately because it is not one disease. It's many different diseases depending on which cells and organs are affected. The lifetime risk of any type of cancer is about 40%, but only a small proportion of these run in families. For those types that do run in families, the genetic risk factors have rather large effects but are mostly so rare that typical DNA tests do not include them. One exception is a test approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that can detect the breast cancer mutation BRCA1, that's B-R-C-A-1, which is present in most populations at a frequency of a few percent, but has a much higher frequency in people with Ashkenazi Jewish heritage. BRCA1 increases the lifetime risk of breast cancer from about 12% to close to 50%. For this reason, some women carriers, notably the Academy Award-winning actress Angelina Jolie, have adopted uh, preemptive breast removal, uh, as we discuss in the case on personal genomics and how life works. Many health professionals advise that you talk with a genetic counselor prior to testing for BRCA1 to discuss the possible implications if you test positive. As we said earlier, if you opt for genetic testing, you should also assess the risks. Chief among these is the possibility of forfeiting your genetic privacy. 
Some genetic testing services give you assurances that your information will remain private unless you explicitly agree to share it. Other companies make it clear that they own own your data and will use it however they wish. Still others leave issues of ownership and availability in doubt. Regardless of promises of genetic privacy, no company can guarantee against data breaches. If Marriott, Equifax, eBay, J.P. Morgan Chase, Target, and the U.S. Office of Personnel Management can be hacked, so can your genetic testing service. Beyond cybersecurity, under a precedent set in 2019 by the Ninth Judicial Circuit Court of Florida, any judge can approve a search warrant that overrides whatever privacy insurances a DNA testing company may have made. Who cares, you might ask, what have I got to lose? You might lose your insurance for one thing. Although federal law prohibits insurance companies from using genetic tests to cancel your health insurance or raise your premiums, this law does not apply to small companies with fewer than 15 employees. It does not apply to disability insurance, long-term care insurance, or life insurance. What's worse, some companies can require that you turn over the results of any genetic tests as part of their application process, and this information can be used to decide your coverage and rates. Some careless people upload their children's genetic information on public databases, even children too young to understand the risks or to give consent, which permanently exposes their personal health data. When you agree to share your own genetic profile, you also give away genetic information about your relatives, as related individuals share regions of their genomes. The database of DNA profiles is already huge and growing. Collectively, the top five testing companies have 30 million DNA profiles and are adding 50,000 new ones every day. An individual can be identified through the profiles of relatives in this database, even if as far removed as third cousins. An individual of Northern European ancestry has about a 60% chance of being identified in this manner, an estimate soon expected to rise to 90%. By this time, the perpetrators of more than 70 cases of murder, sexual assault, and burglary have been identified through DNA databases. One of the most famous is the case of the so-called Golden State Killer, who committed more than 13 murders, 50 rapes, and 100 burglaries in California from 1974 to 1986. Finally identified in 2018 through third cousin matches in public genealogy databases, the perpetrator proved to be the then 72-year-old Navy veteran Joseph James D'Angelo. He had been a police officer in Auburn, California, which ironically is located less than 20 miles from Folsom Prison. We can all agree that using a DNA database that includes your genome to apprehend killers and rapists is a good idea. You might think differently if it were an adopted child wishing to identify her biological parents, especially if her biological parents did not wish to be identified. You would surely be unhappy if it turned out that your DNA identified a whistleblower in a witness protection program who turned out to be a third cousin you knew nothing about. Suppose you decide that learning about your own genome is worth the cost and the risks. Which company should you choose? Several dozen companies currently offer DNA testing. A few offer a wide range of genetic tests. Many others specialize. 
some in kinship identification using DNA matches, others in paternity testing, many others in detecting carriers of specific, mu no, specific mutations known to be major risk factors for disease, such as BRCA1 and BRCA2 associated with breast cancer, or any of a number of mutant genes associated with forms of Parkinson's. At least one company claims to be able to predict how long you'll live. Many of the companies that do DNA tests are reputable and reliable, while others may be scams. How do you decide which is which? There is no perfect answer to this question. The first thing to know is that there is essentially no oversight or regulation of these companies, which means it is strictly buyer beware when it comes to quality and credibility. You can usually deduce some relevant information from a company's website. It should be professional in design and easy to navigate. It should be easy to find the information that you want about services, sample reports, prices, and methodology. The next issue is whether the website makes clear what tests are to be carried out and whether the Food and Drug Administration has approved these tests. There's also the issue whether the technicians know what they're doing. And one indication that they may is that the laboratory meets U.S. federal regulatory standards known as the Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendments. Yet other criteria are whether the company tells you what scientific evidence is used to link genetic variants with disease and whether it employs professional geneticists to help you interpret your profile. You will also want to know your, how your genetic privacy will protect it who will be granted access to your data and for what purpose, and whether your data will be sold to third parties. You should also find out who owns the company and its location and in which country the tests are actually performed. Finally, before agreeing to anything or sending off a sample, make sure you read and understand the company's so-called terms of service because it is a legally binding agreement. Like most things in life, the decision to undergo genetic testing must balance risk against rewards. You must decide for yourself whether the information you hope to gain is worth the risks against your genetic privacy. We hope that this podcast will help you make a wise and informed decision. Thank you for listening to the How Life Works podcast. I hope this talk helped better your understanding of the material you're covering in the course. Good luck, and don't ever stop being curious about how life works. <laughs>